here to sing our national anthem is the World Wrestling Federation's own Mean Gene Okerlund. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to need a little help on this one, so if you would please join us with the Star Spangled Banner. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hail at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight all the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the Sponsor of the Score North Studios, TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Score North Live. It sure is on 1500scorenorth.com and the Score North app. Rami Makhlouf and a rotating cast of Score North personalities in the co-host chair. Weekdays, noon to 2 in the TCL broadcast studios with me. Not in person, but in spirit, is Phil Mackey. We're in different studios. We're quarantined just like the rest of you. Declan Goff is in his own studio over there in the producer's booth on the ones and twos. And uh, we're starting something today, gentlemen, that we're calling Rewind Mania. Yes. Where we're going to give every WrestleMania, starting with WrestleMania 1, the Minnesota Sports Rewind Treatment. If you've heard the podcast and you're going to be hearing more of it with no live sports to talk about, it's where Mackie, Judd, and other characters uh, in Score North and associated with Score North take historic moments in Minnesota sports and relive them with you. And we figured since we have no live sports to cover and uh, the three of us are or were at one time big wrestling fans, we might as well go back and watch all the WrestleManias and give them the rewind treatment. And Mackie, you told me last night on the Mackie and Judd with Rami Happy Hour, this is actually, I am giving you the pinnacle of your career and you're welcome, sir. You're welcome for that gift that I am now giving to you. Honestly, when you floated this idea a few days ago, when yeah. you when you and Declan approached me with this idea, yeah, I had to sit back and take a deep breath with a tear in my eye <laughs> before I before I said anything back to you guys. Just that proud. It's the proudest I've been in my professional and maybe even my personal life to this point. That is coming up later on this hour. Did you uh during that national anthem specifically, did you find yourself um not not looking forward to this segment suddenly as much as you were pre national anthem with Mean Gene Oakland because what the hell was that exactly I got I got questions about this thing more pertinent than what the hell was that but let's start there with that national anthem that we just heard by the way radio stations across the country today playing the national anthem at noon to uh, honor our first responders and people in uh, in the medical community who are out there and obviously stressed and, and overworked right now and, and uh, really doing things that none of us want to be doing so that 
we can save lives and eventually get back to a regular life. And we thank them for that. But I will ask you guys again, what the hell was that that we just heard from Mean Gene Okerlund to kick off WrestleMania 1 on March 31st, 1985 at Madison Square Garden? I, I need some clarification. Are we diving into WrestleMania Rewind right now? Or are we still saving WrestleMania Rewind for later in the hour? No, let's get into it. Let's get right into it. We're just going to do it right now. Okay. Is there anything else you want to discuss first? Because... Once you play that national anthem, I don't know that I could just move on without addressing it. And if we're going to get into the national anthem, well, then let's just get into the rewind, gentlemen. Declan, do we have? Are we? Are, do you have audio? Are we I setting do. the scene here? I, I do have All audio. Right. Let's uh, let, let's start with let's you start with the Hulk audio. You guys can't answer my question. All right, let's get let, into look, more look, audio look. of what the hell was that? All right, we'll, we'll answer Rami's question. Here's my theory. <laughs> Here's my theory. Okay. So WrestleMania was set to be the biggest wrestling entertainment extravaganza. In America to that point, 1985, right? Vince McMahon had bought up a bunch of territories. WWF had gone national a few years earlier. They had become the biggest wrestling conglomerate. And you know how, like, when you're putting together big projects or or big things, could be work, could mm-hmm. be personal for the first time. Yeah, there's always something you forget. <laughs> something like like Rami, like Rami, you make these big Super Bowl spreads, and you make all like yeah, you, you've got 14 different Dude, dinner for, food items, and oh my god, I forgot the mustard. Right, like the Super Bowl spread. One of the only things I can do during our lockdown is cook, and I'm trying to go to the grocery <laughs> store as little as possible. But every time I get home from the grocery store, I'm like, oh damn. I forgot to get the panko breadcrumbs, and I got to run back to the grocery store and get the panko breadcrumbs. I love how when you forget something at the grocery store, your mind speaks as if you're Jim Ross. Yeah. From, <laughs> By God, the breadcrumbs. Oh no! I think they for- I can't make chicken corn on blue. By God! <laughs> I think they legitimately forgot about the national anthem. So at WrestleMania one, we got our main event. We've got our rock and roll connection, Cindy Lauper. We've okay, it's New York City, it's Madison Square Garden. We've got the venue. We need some celebrities. Okay, Muhammad Ali is going to be the special guest referee for the main event. <laughs> Mr. T is going to be in the main event. Uh, Liberace is going to come out as the entertainer. Right, We're get gonna, into all this. It's gonna be great. Yeah. Oh, crap. The show starts in five minutes. Who's going to sing the national anthem? <laughs> who knows the words and who can carry a tune? Mean Gene, get your ass out to the middle of the ring. It felt like a dare. It felt like because afterwards, Jesse Ventura goes, oh, I didn't think Mean Gene had it in him, but he got it done. It felt like a dare when, when like while it was happening and after it was done. It felt like they were like, Mean Gene won't sing the national anthem. And he sure he sure did. Was he like, went out there and he did it. Was Cindy Lauper late or something? Like the, the, the ideal yeah. Choice would have just Cindy been Cindy Lauper there. Yeah, Cindy Lauper was in WrestleMania, so I think that was the logical choice. And I don't know if she if she was late or what, but I I didn't understand it either. Clearly, it was it was a very patched patched situation. And good for Mean Gene, by the way, for me for, oh, yeah. for knowing the lyrics and for being quick on his feet. And halfway through realizing, oh my God, I maybe I'm forgetting the lyrics. Everybody now yeah, like <laughs> kept, kept asking for help and never getting it. That was that was amazing. But all right, now we can get into uh, Declan setting the scene with some of the sound from WrestleMania. If you guys want to want to jump ahead to that, it, everybody, go ahead, everybody, Madison Square Garden, all the way around the world. Now you know what it's all about, brother. I don't pick no slices for partners. And you know something, my main man Jimmy Snuka and Mr. T, this guy right here, he was so fired up, I thought he was gonna beat everybody up by himself. But you know something, WrestleMania, Hulk Hogan, Mr. T, Superfly, Jimmy Snuka, we reign supreme. Can you dig that? I'm ready to run through a wall right now. I don't know about you. How many needles did Hulk Hogan have in his left oh. ass cheek when he was going on that ramp? 
My God. Now, if we're going to talk about guys who had needles still stuck in their ass cheek when they came out to the ring, what the hell was Paul Orndorff on? Because guys weren't that big back then. Like, what was that guy taking? Because that was insane. I forgot how huge he was. Yeah, Paul Orndorff, I feel like, was about five more minutes away from blowing both hamstrings and probably four (laughs) muscles in his back, too. Yeah, guys just looked different and. 80s wrestling is hilarious because you had the guys who were clearly on something and were gym rats. You had the Hulk Hogan's, the Paul Orndorff's, and guys like that. But then you had this other crowd, like kind of the schleppy guys from like the carryover from the 70s into the 80s. We had these weird schleppy looking guys like Adrian Adonis is in WrestleMania 2 and 3 who are still wearing the small little trunks with these big beer bellies hanging out. <laughs> let me so, ask, Let me ask you guys this. Because I was I was surprised by something in watching this, guys. And I, I can't even sugarcoat it. It was not good. It was terrible. It was it was real it was really, really bad. And like you said, Mackie, this was the biggest wrestling extravaganza of its time. And we had never seen anything like it. Never seen yeah. anything this big in the history of wrestling to that time. So that tells you what the regular shows were like, like the Saturday shows, or I don't even know what days they had shows on back then. Did they have a Monday show, or was it just Saturday no, morning wrestling? The mon- Monday Night Raw started in like 1993, okay. and I believe Saturday Night Main Event was the oh, big show that Saturday started. Saturday Night Main Event. That was like, I think that was after WrestleMania 1, but sometime maybe in like 86, 87 when that started. So, but, but, by the way, I agree. As much of a wrestling nerd as I am, and as much as I could recite almost every WrestleMania from front to back between 1 and 20, <laughs> WrestleMania 1 is not good. Yeah, it wasn't really good. It's, it's not really good. not good. And and what I've always said, because I don't watch wrestling anymore. I don't watch modern wrestling. I don't watch the current wrestling that's going on, whether it be WWE or NXT or AEW. I'm just not into it. And what I always tell people is that I'm not I'm not one to say like I grew out of wrestling. It's childish and I'm I'm a grown up and I, and so I don't watch it anymore. There are a lot of people who will give you that line when they've stopped watching wrestling. First of all, I'm into plenty of childish things and if I had time, <laughs> I would be into more childish things. So it being childish doesn't stop me, but really the reason that I stopped watching, I said it's just not as good as it used to be. Like the quality has dropped off and it's not as good as it used to be. And I watched that yesterday and I was like, "Oh my god, I've been wrong all this time. When I tell people that, I've been wrong all this time. It's been bad for a really, really long time. Did it hold up for you? Were you watching this and at all like entertained or caught up in it? Because honestly, I was kind of bored at times, kind of appalled at times by some of the blatant racism in this, and (laughs) and really just kind of waiting for it. I fell asleep during the main event. Wait, you mean mean the junkyard dog coming out with a chain around his neck (laughs) as an African-American? What is going on? And barking like a dog that might be mildly racist in 2020. Jesse Ventura using the terminology shucking and jiving when he's he's moving around the ring. That didn't age well. Wow. Wow. It didn't. It, like the racism definitely didn't age well, but there are things about like how we've treated race and 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 gender. Like when you go back and look at any form of art or entertainment, and if you're watching on the video stream and we're streaming live on Twitter, Twitch, and Facebook right now, I'm doing air quotes. If you watch any art or entertainment from back in the day, like Declan, uh, Derek Wetmore and me, we were watching Back to the Future for Derek Goes to the Movies every Friday here on Score North Live. And there are things in that that make you cringe. But even like that aside, like let's say I can push that aside, the blatant racism in wrestling in the 1980s. Like 
even if I push that aside, it's just bad and boring and kind of kind of lame, guys. The trash right. talk is like as as weak as as weak as it gets. Guys kept saying, "I'm gonna beat him up. I'm gonna beat that guy up." Like I don't know. Like in I guess in 1985, you can say, "I'm gonna kick that guy's ass" on national television. So like you were very limited in the type of trash that you could talk but the trash talk was weak the wrestling was weak the production value was weak like it just doesn't hold up and i'm wondering if i've been wrong all this time and saying wrestling used to be good and it's just not anymore well um wrestling in the mid 80s you got to remember too. wrestling in the mid 80s i'll give you a little little wrestling history lesson here they were just emerging from the territory era so wrestling up until like 1983 1985 was basically local TV productions. It was, they had the Memphis Territory, and then they had the North Carolina Territory, and they had the, you know, the AWA up here in, in Minneapolis in the Midwest, and they were, and they were literally doing local TV shows. And so you didn't have these national superstar talents and people on the microphones. I mean, you fast forward 1985, even just 10 or 15 years later, when wrestling was fully national, right? It's USA cable TV deal, TNT for WCW. And those guys are national entertainers. The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, those guys aren't just from, you know, bum bleep Iowa and getting on a local TV station and doing a local wrestling show in front of a couple thousand fans. Like, they're filling stadiums. And so I think in the 80s, we had this weird intersection of wrestling was kind of emerging from this local low production uh, map, and now it's emerging into the national spotlight but there were only like two or three guys, Roddy Roddy Piper and Hulk Hogan and maybe a couple others that could really perform and entertain on the microphone on that level. And the rest were just like like when they uh, when they do these pre-recorded interviews or whatever, it, it's hilarious. They they throw to Lord Alfred Hayes in oh, the tunnel. terrible. Yeah. And he's, he is awful, He's dude. standing there and he's going to throw it to pre-recorded interviews as like the wrestlers are passing by him to get to the ring. Oh, super uh, awkward. So, I mean, I think the fact that they just got this thing on TV for two and a half hours in front of a national audience of millions was is the win. Is that what we're going to chalk this up to? That's this what was, it was. This was like get a, it out a the door, test. Get it on TV. And then I got, here's a spoiler alert. WrestleMania 2 is actually worse. And WrestleMania oh, God, 3. Don't tell me that. WrestleMania 3 is where it really popped for yeah, the that, first time. That's a good one. Yes. Don't tell me WrestleMania 2 is worse. It's worse for multiple reasons. <laughs> it was a train wreck. Like, how much time are we going to need to spend on WrestleMania 2 next week? We just cram that into the 45 segment? <laughs> yeah. Get it yes. over with? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Okay. Yes. But but you can see, like, the, the fact that they were looking for, all right, who are the biggest superstars in, in wrestling? And then who are the biggest superstars in pop culture and around the music industry and put all of them on TV you could see where they were thinking in the mid-80s, and you could see why Vince McMahon was uh, was ahead of the curve. So. What was the biggest difference from wrestling today that you guys noticed? Because for me, it was that most of the guys didn't even make entrances. Like, they were just already in the ring when the ring announcer, which, by the way, Howard Finkel was the ring announcer for WrestleMania 1. Yeah. Isn't he still a ring announcer today? Isn't he still a professional I, ring announcer no, today? The, the, the Fink has been out of the, uh, the... I think the Fink was on a VH1 reality show at some point like yeah. five years ago. But really? He, yeah, okay. he's, he's been out of the game for about 10 years. But it was weird that to me that the wrestlers were already in the ring. Like today, now the, the entrance is such a big deal. The music and the pyrotechnics and the laser light show and everything. And the guy runs down... 
and probably talk some trash or make some sort of hand gesture on his way down. Most of these guys were just in the ring when they rang the bell and started the match. It was weird. I think the biggest difference is how easily fans were tricked into cheering for something in the <laughs> mid-1980s versus like now. I mean, now it literally, like, think about where our attention spans are. You know, I find myself on the weekend, I've got something on TV, I'm constantly scrolling through multiple social media channels on my phone, and I'm like thinking about something else, right? I've got like three things going on in my mind. In 1985, they can send out the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov for a tag team championship match, and those guys can just get out there with... Iranian and Russian flags and get the crowd all riled up. And then the good guy tag team comes out, Mike Rotundo and Barry Windham. The whitest, most American yeah. tag team you could ever put together. With USA jackets and the and the roof He's blows off USA, Madison Square Garden. Windham had a USA handkerchief tied around his neck. Like that was, that America. Was, and then Iron Sheik grabs the mic. He's like, Russia, number one. Yes, USSR, number one. America. Like it was, just, it was the most like caricature, like Iranian death to America that you <laughs> that you've ever seen. Like cartoons don't do it as well as the WWE did it with Nikolai Volkov and the yeah. Iron Sheik. And in 1985, fans ate it up. Fans, yeah. I mean, Rocky. Four came out in 1985, and it was right. literally the same thing. It's big bad Russian guy <laughs> who does steroids and American underdog, five foot nine Rocky Balboa, right? And that was like, and people ate that up Dude, in 1985. Were so mad that the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov won. <laughs> they were throwing beer bottles at them during the anthem. That was amazing. The, and is that's not still allowed, is it? Oh, in no. arenas today, no, no, like the, throwing stuff into the ring. No, they got Dude, they have plastic cups. The whole the whole night, people were just throwing stuff at these wrestlers. Something else to note: when those people are throwing bottles at those wrestlers, and you don't see reactions like that anymore because everybody knows that wrestling is scripted and the outcomes are predetermined. In 1985, that wasn't widely known, <laughs> which is that's which the is shocking crazy. thing. Like, yeah. In 1985, now, like, I'm sure a lot of people were skeptical, but, like, the people who bought tickets to sit inside Madison Square Garden in 1985, 75 to 80% of them did not know that wrestling was predetermined and legitimately thought that Mr. T and Rowdy Roddy Piper were getting into a confrontation in the ring. And that Cindy Lauper had gotten roped, roped away from MTV right. to the WWF because of you know some confrontation in the women's wrestling ranks. Like that was a legitimate thought in 1985. Yeah, there were still people who didn't know that was that was a thought that occurred to me during this. Like looking out into the crowd, you could tell by the expressions on their faces there were still people who didn't know that this was written and predetermined. Like this was all scripted. You could tell by the, by the expressions and the reactions of people that they had no idea. They thought these were real fights that they were watching and real Iranians and Russians who they hated. It, <laughs> it was is amazing. It is amazing. If you man. guys could throw a beer at one person involved, involved in WrestleMania, who would you throw a beer at? Wow. Wow. <laughs> WrestleMania a- one. The, that doesn't have to be a wrestler. Anybody involved while you're watching that last night, who was just getting on your nerves? And you wanted to you know, throw a beer at your TV. You know who it was? This might, this might be an obscure answer. Okay. Okay. You guys know who Bruno San Martino is. He was the, yeah. the le- legendary 1970s the way, champion, right? Biggest pop of the night. Yeah, because because he he was he was legendary for ten years leading into Hulk Hogan. He basically passed the torch. Yeah, he was Hulk, Hulk Hogan, Hogan okay? before Hulk Hogan. He got a bigger pop. I don't know if you guys would agree with me. I thought he got a bigger pop from the crowd than Hulk Hogan did. 
He did. Oh, yeah. He, he first sure came out to the ring, and then when he jumped in to help his son, yeah. that, that place went nuts. Hulk Madison H- Square Garden erupted for Bruno San Martino. Hulk Hogan's star didn't peak until 1987 WrestleMania three. That's when Hulk Hogan's star reached its peak. He was Hulk Hogan was still, during WrestleMania one. he was the face of the company, but he was still like two years away from peak Hulk Hogan. The guy I would throw a beer bottle at, and I wouldn't want to like kill the guy, but just like rattle his cage a little bit, as Dale Earnhardt would say. All right. <laughs> Would be David San Martino, Bruno's son. You can't show up. Your your dad is a legend. You're at Madison Square Garden. It's WrestleMania one, and you're involved in a match that's supposed to put you on the map because your dad is there and everyone's vouching for you, right? David San Martino shows up like 35 pounds overweight and was completely <laughs> exhausted five minutes into the match. Like couldn't stand on his own two feet legitimately because he was so blown up and uh, and out of cardio shape. So I, w- I would say uh, I would say David San Martino for blowing his big chance at WrestleMania. 1. I, I would definitely say uh, Alfred Hayes. That's who I was going to say. I, I, it's Alfred <laughs> that Hayes. Was so brutal, man. Or even I loved, I love Rowdy Roddy Piper. My dad had a hot rod shirt growing up Dude. that he wore into like his fifties and sixties. How about Rowdy Roddy Piper at the end of WrestleMania one when his tag team loses? He punches the ref Pat Patterson out and then gives the the bleep you sign to the audience and then. Shoves two security guards on his way back. That's that is a great wrestling heel, a great wrestling bad guy. Yeah, no, he was a master at being a wrestling heel for sure. Was there ever a time? There was a time where he turned face, right? Where he was a fan favorite, yeah, and a good guy. He went back and forth, and and once we get to WrestleMania six, I will save this for for a future WrestleMania review here on Scorn Earth Live. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about overt racism in the WWF back in the day? <laughs> WrestleMania six, Rowdy Roddy Piper versus oh, no. versus Bad News Brown, and I will leave it at that. Oh my god! Let's just say Rowdy Roddy Piper comes to the ring in attire that is wildly inappropriate. Even at the time was probably wildly inappropriate, but even more so in 2020. Can't wait! Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. I think I just had a flashback to what you were talking about. <laughs> And I'm Let's horrified. We'll save it. We'll save it. In my head, if it's what I'm thinking, I am already horrified. Since since Declan took mine, I'm I'm gonna give you another one. And this is my hot take, my hot takeaway from WrestleMania one. And I don't know if you guys are gonna agree with me. I don't know if I'm gonna get hate the the equivalent of hate mail in 2020, which is tweeting me at Rami is tweeting how wrong I am and how much you hate me for saying what I'm about to say. But um, Andre the Giant, man, overrated. Wow. Yeah. Overrated. Wow. What, what do you watch wrestling for? What What are the things that you watch wrestling for? I would say charismatic microphone guys, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. To which, by the way, he was so oblivious during his post-match interview as to what was happening. They had to, like, cut to the live action, and he's still rambling into Mean Gene's microphone, and Mean Gene's looking at the producer like, um, <laughs> I mean, I, got, they, they faded out on Under the Giants. I, I, I have the sound. This is, if you can maybe pick out 20 words, I, I would be impressed <laughs> This here. is ridiculous. Play this, please, Declan. Hey, the Giant, I'll tell you what, 23,000 and millions around the world, you finally did it, Big John Studslant. Where's that money? I don't know. It disappeared somewhere, but I don't care about that money. I just showed, I just showed to John Starr and the Wizard, and I would just show to the, all the Western fans, I can give him that sign. You and know, I did it. You, you did indeed. Many saying that perhaps this would be the occasion for the retirement of Andre the Giant, but no, that not no, no, never. no way, no way. Let's go back to ringside. No Get rid of Monsoon and Jesse I'm the Body Ventura. I'm not ready to I'm not uh, ready to retire. What, what? Is, what is he talking about? Well, he's a Frenchman who. What yeah. is he talking about? He's a Frenchman who lets his actions speak for him. Yeah, he's a, he's a monotone, 
charisma, charisma free Frenchman who can't move in a wrestling ring. Like what in hindsight, and this is this is probably the most shining example of what I was talking about to start this rewind mania about how this thing didn't hold up. I loved Andre the Giant growing up. And now watching this, I'm like, what what is it even that you were entertained by? What was it about this guy that you were that you loved so much and were so entertained and enthralled by? I think you're hitting on the other. You ask, what are the biggest differences between wrestling during WrestleMania one period in the eighties and like even ten years later or now in 2020? The simplicity of good guy versus bad guy, big guy versus little guy, and the simplicity of moves in the ring. I mean, like, throughout the 90s, our expectation for what you'd want to see in a wrestling ring, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, like, all these high flyers that came in throughout the 90s and the 2000s, and then all of a sudden, like, Mick Foley is being thrown off 20-foot cages in 1998, right? Like <laughs> I can't the thing, wait to get to like, that. Like the, I really can't wait like, to like get to Like, the things that. that you would have to do to put away an opponent, so to speak, in wrestling during the Attitude Era in the early 2000s, like... Like, in 1985 at WrestleMania, Ricky Steamboat jumps off the top rope and just, like, does a cross body on somebody and pins him, right? Or, uh, or like, Andre the Giant body slams somebody and the match is over. You fast forward to, like, a Triple H Mankind match to 2000, and it's like, we need a flaming barbed wire bat, we need a steel cage, and we need 19 chair shots to the head. And, and the mat, maybe that gets him down for a weekend. And the is covered in thumbtacks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So that's probably the biggest difference. Like the simplicity of, oh, I'm going to put a guy in a choke hold or a sleeper hold for a half hour and the crowd is still going to be into it. There, mm. were, there were a few things in this WrestleMania, and I'm, I'm sure we're going to run into this in the next five WrestleManias, but there were a few things in this that were so 80s. That, first of all, the duffel bag that oh. the $15,000 was in I would, for the John Studd, Andre pay, the Giant match. I would pay $15,000 for that duffel bag. The logo, <laughs> just the for colors, the duffel bag. Just for the duffel bag. Keep the cash. Just Yeah. Give me the bag. That duffel bag just screams 80s WWF. Like, I know it says WWF on the side, but that's not even what I mean. Like, the yeah. color scheme, the you would pay triple digits, you said, Declan, for yes, that bag? Yes, I would pay $100 for I'm that sure bag. I'm sure you can find it. At the very least. I'm, I'll do, sure, I'm going to do a search I'm right sure now. I'm sure you can find it. I, I have no doubt that you can find it. I want to throw this out, too, because this is a, a little-known fact. If you were a wrestling fan in the 1990s, do you guys remember in WrestleMania 1, about halfway through the card, Ricky Steamboat versus Matt Bourne, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Do you guys remember who Matt Bourne eventually became famous for portraying in the WWF? No. Matt Bourne was Doink the Clown for four oh, years. Oh, Doink. Shut up. So go back and watch WrestleMania 1 again. Go go watch Matt Bourne, just regular Matt Bourne, in the ring against Ricky Steamboat. And then watch that match again and envision him as Doink the Clown. By the way, how terrible was the executioner? The guy in the, oh, in awful. the first match? <laughs> Sort of like flabby arms. And (laughs) And the mask was like a pillowcase that they cut holes in so you could see through it. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah, if I'm I'm getting billed to to face somebody named the Executioner inside Madison Square Garden from Parts Unknown, and then that guy comes walking through the curtain, I immediately feel at ease. How did that guy get booked for WrestleMania? Like you don't just you don't just book a, a like a pushover for WrestleMania, but I guess they didn't know yet what they were doing, man. But the most '80s moment, the most '80s moment in this thing, is the is the closing scene on the last shot of the ring, and standing in the ring are Hulk Hogan, Mister T, Tito Santana, Billy Martin, Mister T, 
Muhammad Ali <laughs> and Liberace. Like the only way that gets more 80s is if you get Mike Ditka in his Bears sweater vest <laughs> and full mustache in that ring with them somehow. Wait for WrestleMania 2. <laughs> I can only imagine. That was the most... Cindy Lauper? You forgot Cindy Lauper? No, I'm talking about that last moment. The oh, very for last sure. moment yeah. in the ring when they were all in right. the ring at the same time. Like it, That that picture right there says 80s. Like That, that is a l- perfect l- snapshot of the 80s. Let's just say that for WrestleMania 2, Vince McMahon did pick up some Chicago Bears fever. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I know, I know what happens this one. And there is a prominent Chicago Bear from that era that oh. participates in a match. Oh, to the point well. where he was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame for yeah. what he did. Now I we know exactly. spend the entire hour on this next week if there's a legendary <laughs> Chicago Bear in WrestleMania 2. You guys said it was terrible. <laughs> it, is, it is still it terrible. It wasn't great. So right. It okay. wasn't great. Wow, that was amazing. We'll do it next week. WrestleMania 2 next week. We'll do it. We're going to do this every Monday in the first hour of Score North Live because we have no live sports to watch and talk about so we're going to go back and relive some of the uh glory years of wrestling although looking back not, not so glorious not so, but it'll get better it'll get better it'll get worse and then it'll get better but we're going to do this each and every week on score north live we got to hit a quick break on the other side it was uh it was a world without any sports this weekend how did we all do how did we all fare we'll check in on you when score north live returns on 1500 score